This is Pastor Stuart Schneider welcoming you to a service of worship at Community Presbyterian Church in Belfont, Kentucky. Come, let us worship the Lord together. Our first reading is from Exodus, the 17th chapter, the first seven verses. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Listen for the word of the Lord in this reading. Our second reading is from Matthew, the 21st chapter, 23 through 32. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not, but later changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Hear the word of the Lord in this reading. When I was younger, uh, not a child, but, you know, in, in practice, whenever the conversation uh, turned to discussions of current events, Sooner or later, one of us in the office would make an impassioned plea for his or her point of view 
delivered with bulging eyeballs and cross, a cross expression. My old law partner, now judge, Jeffrey Preston, didn't like that sort of thing, and every time it came up, his retort was, how about them cats? <laughs> that was Jeff's way of moving the conversation away from an uncomfortable topic. He'd say, how about them cats? And it got to be that sort of a thing around our office when anybody didn't want to talk about something. How about them cats? Engaging real-world topics of right or wrong in church will cause a lot of people to wander off muttering, how about them cats? On the other hand, not engaging contemporary topics of importance can make the church impotent, ineffective in its calling to reflect God's love back into his creation. And so we create church services that don't offend. Long-haired preachers come out every night and they tell you what's wrong and what's right if you ask them for something to eat. They will tell you in voices so sweet. You will eat, you will eat, by and by, by and by, in that beautiful home in the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll have pie in the sky when you die. Is that the sort of church Paul envisioned, do you think? Is that the sort of church which can represent Jesus in our world? Engaging contemporary topics of his time was just what Jesus was doing when we joined him this Sunday. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Now, you could hardly blame them, really. You don't work here, is what they're saying, and with some justification. If I wandered into Holy Family down there and started teaching, Father No would be within his rights to come out and have a problem with that. And he would. If you're going to have a church, you must be protective of the church's teaching. Jesus hadn't been vetted, I suppose you could say. But it's what happens next in the reading that intrigues me and resonates with me. Jesus said to them, I will also ask of you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Here's Jesus' question. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? In the time of Jesus, John the Baptist was the most controversial figure you could imagine. If Jesus had wanted to avoid trouble with the temple authorities, he could have picked from a truckload of topics to engage those who came to ask him what he was doing and who, who told him to do it. He might even have claimed the mantle of a prophet and argued that he was bringing prophecy from the Lord. Instead, like all good preachers, he stopped preaching and started meddling. He posed an uncomfortable question, an important and contemporary question to those interrogating him. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? With that simple question, Jesus put 
the preacher's dilemma squarely on the table. In the resulting dispute on the te- among the temple authorities, Matthew gives us a great picture of the preacher's dilemma. And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. John the Baptist was a very controversial topic indeed. Flavius Josephus wrote about him. Here's what Josephus said. Now some of the Jews thought that the destruction of Herod's army came from God, and that very justly as a punishment of what he did against John. That was called the Baptist. For Herod slew him, who was a good man, and commanded the Jews to exercise virtue, both as to righteousness toward one another and piety towards God. Pick whatever noisy public person of the present time you wish as an example. I'm not going to say Rick Pettino, but you might. (laughs) And you get an idea of the sort of trouble Jesus was wading into. A majority of the people of the time regarded John as a prophet. But his teaching and his life and death had been a divisive force in his time. Keeping divisive topics out of the worship space is the strategy, frankly, of a successful preacher. For divisive topics, by their nature, divide God's children, yet a preacher with integrity must address evil in the present tense. Hence, the preacher's dilemma. The preacher's dilemma goes like this. Bad stuff happens. It needs to be confronted, for I am called to speak the word of the Lord into his creation. But if I confront bad stuff directly, I'm afraid of the crowd. Therefore, it is better that I teach obliquely. Of course, I might preach too obliquely and fail to address the bad stuff and leave people with the idea that God is a boring sort of intellectual exercise of no real application in the real world. And if I am not sufficiently oblique, People will run away from me and talk about, how about them cats? Finding that balance is the preacher's dilemma. Now, it's not just preachers that face this dilemma. All people of faith are called to speak the gospel and so must find a way to do so effectively while still not driving people into conversations that begin with, how about them cats? If the teaching of the church may not involve itself with contemporary issues, what is the point of a church? How do we manage the preacher's dilemma in our own lives? Not very well, I'm afraid. I was at the chapel of St. Arbucks the other day and saw two men standing on the bridge, either side of the road, waving Bibles at passing cars. I won't be critical of their method, but, well, how about them cats? On the news last week, I watched Roy Moore, the Ten Commandments judge, he's called, in Alabama, A man who says his intention is to draw America back to God. Pull a pistol out of his pocket and display it to people with great cheer. Apparently he is teaching that the gospel has a second amendment component that I didn't know about. How about them cats? 
Of course, the story of the kneeling NFL players was unavoidable. Colin Kaepernick explained his position, stating, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. The response from the other side was that it was more important to respect the flag and our national anthem than to bring up uncomfortable subjects. How about them cats? <laughs> like Jesus, John the Baptist came from outside the temple. Just like Jesus, he spoke of uncomfortable things. The temple authorities had determined that it was not helpful to the temple to inject uncomfortable teachings into their worship space and did not seek out people who would shake the tree seeking new fruit. That is what John did. He fulfilled his calling in the face of the very people who were now questioning Jesus. To his uncomfortable question, Jesus's, Jesus added another one. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? When a preacher or a brother or a sister speaks, and by speaking raises issues that make you feel uncomfortable, how do you weigh their words? Against the teaching of Jesus or merely the measure of your discomfort? Amen. Please join with me as we affirm our faith from the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In our Old Testament passage, the people are in the wilderness and they thirst. Just as this generation thirsts for the word of God, though they may not know from whence comes their thirst. Bringing the word is hard. It's hard as a rock, for the ways of the world are deeply entrenched and their roots run deep in our souls. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock 
and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. The people thirst, church. Take your staff and strike the rock. Until we meet again, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And God's people said, Amen.